0: all overwhelmed coaching and service based entrepreneurs. Are you struggling with working in and on all the things when it comes to your business, delegating projects to your team, struggling with apps, tools and programs that are supposed to make you feel more productive? You are not alone. We have created this podcast for you. Tune in each week to hear how you can create structure within your business. Learn when it's time to hire a team and be the fly on the wall for the episodes when we talk with other entrepreneurs who were in this same situation, but worked through it with the help of a team. Welcome to the Business Managers
1: Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Business Managers Podcast. We are excited to introduce you to our guest today. We have Lisa Sigmund, who is co-founder of In The Know Legal. Lisa is the single parent CEO of In The No Legal, a single mom of two beautiful children and two big dogs. I've seen them and a proud member of Gen X. We were just talking about this. Lisa takes pride in her independence and her ability to provide for her children. Lisa started her own firm right after she was sworn into practice a crazy and exhilarating decision that allowed her to focus on the type of clients and work she wanted. Now, in her law practice with law partner Erin, and here at In The Know, Lisa's goal is to help women starting and growing their businesses build a solid legal foundation for their business so that they can feel empowered to focus on their strengths and passions while building the life they want. I love this business that you have recently launched, but Let's take it back to the 70s. No, we don't have to go that far back, but tell us, I mean, you have done a lot in your life and you recently posted about this, actually. I mean, I already knew about your your old life, but well, how did you get here to this iteration of the law firm, your second law firm?
2: Right. Well, once I was released from witness protection, you know, the world was my oyster.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Nice. <laughs>
2: We could go back to like, you know, kindergarten and yeah. how did we all go? No. So, it, so it's funny. Growing up, my mom always said to me, you should be a litigator. Right. And I. In I was, that accent, probably. I like, yeah. My <laughs> mom was not a smoker, but apparently she was smoking like, here's a big litigator. <laughs> no. That's the moms <laughs> of the 70s. <laughs> She's like, Sorry, mom, if you're listening. So she would say that. And of course, it was not meant as a compliment. So I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. Whatever it is, because I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so here I am, 2021. All right, mom, you win. you were right. So, you know, number one tip listen to your mom. She knows. It's true. So, I did. I, I started a career in um, medicine and hated it very quickly, and went to see Legally Blonde with a girlfriend. And we walked out of the theater and she's like, did you know that you could go to law school part time? And I was like, yeah, no, we should do that. We should, we should totally do that. So we were going to do that. Well, she bailed. Come like, on. You know, like she bailed. And I started studying and I was like, you're not doing this with me. What do you mean? And whatever. So I was like, eh, I've been studying. I'll take the test, see how I do. And I did good enough that I was like, you know what? I could probably get in. So let's just apply and see if I get in. And I got in a couple schools. So I, I looked at them and I, I really like Suffolk. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just do a year. Like what's a year? And I loved it. I loved law school. Like honestly, like if I could just be a law student forever and earn money, like I probably would do that. Mm-hmm. Would be Instead
1: weird. of giving them money.
2: Yeah, it would be weird because I'd end up being like the Matthew McConaughey of law school, right? Like, all right, all right, all right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But um, no, I loved it. I I loved it, loved it, loved it. But what I didn't love was the whole like big law firm. Like I didn't dig that. So Out of law school, kind of half heartedly looked for jobs. It was a pretty rough landscape at the time because one of the largest firms had just broken up. So we were competing with lateral hires fresh out of law school. And, you know, they'd have some sort of book of business and some networking under their belt. And we're just like, well, I had a magna cum laude. (laughs) You know, like they're like, I don't care. I, started a law firm I, I got sworn in in December and we started a law firm in January. it was my um then future husband now ex-husband and we practiced together for you know nine years until we got divorced which then made practicing together kind of complicated yeah and then um, yeah you know it is it, it what is it is what it is and so in law schools where I met Erin who you guys know my law partner now and then she and I clerked together as students at a big med mal farm, And then we kind of went our separate ways. She moved back to Florida and she came back right around the time of my divorce. And I was in a position where I'm like, well, I either have to find a job or start another law firm. And she's like, well, I just moved back to Massachusetts and I need a job. So let's do this together. And so it's funny that law school really was the first huge pivot in my life. And then making that decision to just become a lawyer on my own without any safety net, any, you know, big firm experience, that was probably more of an education than the $330,000 of law school was. (laughs) And then, you know, having to build up that practice and then having to start again with Erin, it's put me in a position where I love to work with small businesses, which is what I do now, because I've been there and Mm -hmm. I've been there twice. And I know what it means to start a business on a zero budget. I know what it means to have to work these insane, crazy hours around your kids or your sick parents, or yeah, I had a part-time job through law school, through my first law firm. And I literally just quit last year. Yeah, I and remember that. COVID, Me too. Yeah, yeah only because of COVID. If COVID hadn't like kind of forced my hand, I'd probably still be working nights and weekends Mm -hmm. just because that's my nature. Like I have to have a safety net, right? And that other job was sort of my safety net, but so I get it. And that's why I love small businesses because I am a small business and I like, I can empathize with where they're at. And I also, it tempers how I run my practice because if they wanted a $600 an hour, big city lawyer, that's not me but that's not what they need. And it's not what they afford. So I meet my clients where they are, you know, in terms of budget, in terms of like, you know, oh, you need to meet early in the morning while you're sitting in the car doing the kid drop off. That's fine. We can do it over the phone. Yeah.
1: You get it. You have kids.
2: Yeah. So that's really how I, I landed where I am. And and then COVID, like everybody, it was get a puppy, have a baby, or start a business. Well, I already have two dogs, and I'm single, so that meant the only thing left for me was start a business <laughs>
1: and renovate your house at the same time. So, I mean, you were busy.
2: That was, yeah. Well, you know, I, as I told you guys, I I can't settle and calm. So, yeah. anything I can do to stir the pot in my own life. <laughs> Let's throw that into the mix. Throw that into the mix. Of course, the contractor did say it was a 12 week project, and I'm throwing up the air quotes. So, 12 weeks translated to nine months. So, I kind of did have a baby. True, true.
1: (laughs) Paid off all right,
0: though. Hold on. I want to go back to your first firm. Like, what did that do to prepare you for your second firm? Like, how did what did you do different when you started with Erin versus your first firm?
2: Like, right, what lessons your did you learn? So, that's a really good question, Melissa, because your first anything, right? You're just hungry and you'll do anything, right? So, clients would call and say, I need an attorney that does blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, Of course, I do that. And then I'd spend all night learning it because I had no idea what I was doing. Yep. And, you know, then I would also get clients that would say, I'd say, okay, this is going to cost $500. And they'd say, "Mm, can I pay you $350? And I was so hungry that I was like, well, I'd rather have the $350 on the plate than wait and hope the $500 client comes along. So I would undersell my value. I would take any work I wanted, even if I didn't enjoy it or I didn't understand it. And, you know, when Aaron and I got together, it was really important to us that the practice was exactly what we wanted. That we were going to service who we wanted to service, that we were going to get super comfortable saying no, and we were going to get super comfortable with respecting our own value Mm -hmm. and saying, This is my price, and it is what it is. Which isn't to say that you don't ever have the ability to give someone a break, Mm -hmm. but I never feel like it's an obligation anymore. Right. If I'm doing it, it's because I want to as a gift, not because I'm desperate for, oh my God, I need that money. Because it took a long time to realize that, yeah, you take that $350 client and then when you, the $500 client calls, you don't have space for them. So you really lost that 150 bucks. So that is a huge difference in how we're practicing And then, you know, just technology has changed. Yep. We're able to manage our practice is totally different. And then, you know, we were talking before we started recording about, I really have been conscious about getting systems in place. Mm -hmm. It was a major lack in component in our first firm. And again, it was because we just had to work. Yep. Just needed to do actual work. So working on the business as opposed to in the business, was it wasn't even a back seat, it was like trunk, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it was so far back, you know. And I can only imagine, like, you know, now looking back, like, how much did that cost us,
0: you know? Yeah, it's sort of like what we talked about before we started, too. It's like, how much money do small businesses leave on the table when they're sort of working reactively, just trying to bring the clients in versus how much when they're working proactively? You know, mm-hmm. and yeah. when the stuff isn't in the trunk, when you're finding time to bring it into the front seat with you. Yeah. You know.
2: Yeah. And you know, and the other thing too is we were given when Erin and I started to put this firm together and we were networking and meeting with other attorneys, and we were given the really good advice of like drill down, drill down, drill down, like really like figure out your niche. And it's so like it's so counterintuitive. Like it's just in your gut. You're like, this makes no sense. Like you throw the biggest net you can to catch the most fish. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's not, it's not true. And and so Aaron and I really put a lot of effort into really boiling down who our client is, both who needs our service, but also who do we want to work with?
1: Right. I mean, that's why we talk about this all the time. It's like, this is why you go into business. This is why you're an entrepreneur and you do your own thing because you want to live the life that you desire. Yep. So why do you give yourself the shit work? Yep. You know what I mean? Like do things yep. you don't want to do. Yep. Build your business to be like you have a clean slate. Make it perfect. Like not perfect. It's not going to be perfect. It's, it's never going to be perfect. perfect. The version of perfect for you. Yeah. Make Design it. Do exactly what you want to do, mm-hmm. how you do it everything.
2: It's like, that's when you get to be your best. Right. So that's when, if you're at your best, then you're giving your client the best. When, you know, that first, you know, law firm, my first few years, I would take anything. Those poor clients were getting a version of me that was just stressed and not confident. I never let it show. Right. Never, ever let it show. But, you know, the clients that I have now, I have to imagine, and, you know, and the feedback I do get from clients is that they they really enjoyed the process and the work. And like, whoever says that about the law, you know, like, oh, this was so easy and it was enjoyable and and you made it fun. And, you know, I totally understand what I'm doing now. Like, that's generally not words that you will hear when people think about the law. And I can promise you that is not feedback that I ever got. Well,
0: it's funny because I was listening to a webinar today and she was talking about being in that hell yes energy, like doing those things that truly light you up. You know, that's where you should be in your business. Yeah. Doing the things that don't bring you joy. You don't have to do them. This is your business. You created it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yep.
1: Yep. I have a lot of questions, so I'm just going to start rattling them out and hope that you can answer them um,
2: this, like I have a buzzer okay.
1: yeah <laughs>
2: what is
0: well I um, did, I think I did tell you Lisa when I was a kid that I, I wanted to be a lawyer so maybe
1: I could answer some of these questions all right all so you right, can well, both then, field right,
2: so let's go let's you go can, head to head me all right and so me
1: you can both see. field these questions number one <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if particularly Melissa is going to know the answer to this but Lisa how do you like what kind of businesses do you work with like what do you offer? Because I don't think we even touched upon that. I know you work with business owners, but what kind of law do you practice? In what uh, you know, in in the one with Erin, because we're going to get to in the no legal as well. Yep. So, in your your current firm, what what kind of business owners do you work with, and how do you serve them?
2: Okay, so in Nobles and Sigma, which is the firm, I am, and this is the this is the version that's going to like put you to sleep. I am. Outsource general counsel for small to mid market businesses with a focus on women owned businesses. Perfect. All right. But now here's the shorthand, and I'm not going to need to (laughs) explain what I just said. I am a primary care attorney for women owned small businesses. I love that.
1: That's immediately.
2: No, you can now tell me what I do. Yeah. You care
1: for people that run businesses, specifically women owned businesses. That is awesome.
2: Any, in any issue that comes up, you come to me first and I triage just like a doctor. And if it's something I can handle as a general practitioner, I fix it. And if it's something that needs a specialist, you need your legal gallbladder taken out. I send you to the right specialist. Okay.
1: That is very, you really drilled that down really well because you know what? Not everybody, first of all, knows how to pitch. Oh, down, yeah. Like that. yeah. And you yeah. just made it. So anyone listening knows exactly what you do.
2: Yeah. It's, it's such a universal concept, at least in the United States with the healthcare system that right. we everybody <laughs> yeah. has a primary care doctor. So when I say primary care attorney there, e- it's so easy to just correlate that to the lot and be like, Oh, Oh, I get it now. Yeah. So I'll call you if I, something comes up. Yeah. That you call me. <laughs>
0: It's awesome. so now we will forever know you as our triage.
2: Yes. Well, you know, Aaron and I, we, we say we are primary care attorneys for your business and your life because Aaron does the estate planning side Ooh, and, yeah. then, you know, it's a full faceted protection, right? So, you know, our feeling is you start a business to do the things you love, but it's to, to make money, to support yourself, to support your loved ones and hopefully accumulate wealth and be able to retire. Right. So if you protect the business. And you leave in all of the personal side open, the back doors open, you're not fully protected. So, you know, together, Aaron and I, the services we offer, we protect your business and we protect that wealth that you're ideally accumulating. And, you know, part of estate planning too, which people don't think about, people think like, oh, it's a will, Mm -hmm. and I don't really have anything, or I'm, you know, I don't have anyone to leave anything too, because I don't have kids or whatever. But part of your estate planning is also protecting your, your health and your autonomy. So if you are incapacitated, you're appointing the right people to make decisions for you and for your business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're in a medically induced coma. You're somebody still has to make decisions for your business. Right. So we, that's where we m- merge the two and it's, intended that we we really are a holistic approach in the law firm to protect what you're building and what you're creating and and accumulating.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was fascinating to me to learn, you know, once we created our LLC that now we have an asset. Kelly has an asset, I have an asset. If if something were to happen, some we're 50/50 partners. We ha- that means if something god forbid were to happen to me, somebody's going to have to speak for me. It, in business decisions. Like Kelly can't do that. Cause she's only 50%. Like who, I, who would have known that? Like without. Yep. Right.
2: Yep. Now and you they... can appoint each other as your representatives in that scenario. And oftentimes with like a two person LLC, whether your spouses or friends or, you know, just business partners that didn't know each other until you came together. I typically say just appoint each other. Yep. Obviously respect each other enough to, to collaborate. So you're going to trust them to make the right decisions. Because if you don't appoint each other, then if one of you passes away, the other one will find that you're in business with their sibling or parents or mm, yeah. nephew. And
1: That's that, not,
2: that might not work either.
1: Yeah, because they might have no interest in the business or might right. not. Yeah.
2: And one of the things that I'll do for my clients, especially if it's a single person LLC, because that's, you think about that, if you're off grid, your whole business is off grid. Yeah. You know, if one of you goes away on a two month vacation, at least one of you right. left behind to, to run things, right? But if, if you were a solo entrepreneur and you're off grid, who's making decisions? So Very you need point. to have stuff in place for that. And
1: My primary care attorney will set me in the right direction. Yes, exactly, that's what you need. Brings us to the point of you could probably explain to us why contracts
0: are so awesome.
1: Yeah, I learned something new last week from you about contracts that I have already put into place.
2: Yes, that's um, yes. hot. Let me guess, it was the how to sign your name the right way. Yes, yes. immediately I was like, <laughs> yes. So, and you know that that's true. Like on checks, when you cash a check, huh? You shouldn't just be signing super duper Kelly Awesome Chick. You have to be signing super duper Kelly Awesome Chick, comma, minute, oh. or, or whatever your title is. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kelly did
0: tell me about this, but t- can you give me a short synopsis of why oh, yeah. that is?
2: So, you as business owners need to remember that you are Melissa the person and <sighs> Melissa the item. Yep. Right. What title do you guys use? Are you members, owners, managers? We
1: are members, but members. we go. Yeah. Okay. Co, we mm-hmm. usually just say co-owner.
2: Okay, but your actual title is member. In I believe so. Yeah, members. Yeah. We tell people you're co-owners. That's fine. I. I mean, so in the no-legal colloquially, I am the CEO. I'm not actually a CEO. I. It's just that's something that ties into our branding. I am just a member. We have three members. Okay, so yep. in an LLC, you are a member or a manager. Yeah, or both. You could be a member manager. So, when you sign a legal document in the context of your business, you want to make sure that you are signing it as Kelly or Melissa, comma manager, not Kelly the person or Melissa the person, because what you can do inadvertently is assume personal responsibility for whatever you just signed and should something happen and things go south you personally might be on the hook for paying whatever is owed or delivering whatever services do and if you personally don't have the capacity to do that that That's doesn't bad. So you always want to sign things with your title so that it's clear that you are not individually entering into that agreement, that you are entering your business into that agreement.
1: That's good advice. It is that I did good not thing. know. Correct. Thank God for Tip Tuesday. Right. In the Facebook group. Tip Tuesday. Helen yeah. Love your Tip Tuesday. I know. I sometimes I forget to do it, but you know, I need a VA. Working on it. (laughs) So contracts like. Contracts are awesome. Contracts are awesome. Mm -hmm. Like what I've seen contracts that are ridiculous and I've seen really like easy contracts. What really needs to, if you're a business owner going into a contract with either a client or a vendor, like I know you, there's a lot to unpack with that, but what really is the norm that needs to kind of go in
2: The long, convoluted, complicated contracts are not necessary unless the deal is a long, convoluted, complicated deal. Right, good. If talking mergers and acquisitions and security exchanges of these two mega corporations. Yeah, you need a super duper long contract. But if you're talking about I'm hiring somebody to come in two days a week to write copy for my blog, there's not a lot happening other than you're going to do this very discreet service and I'm going to pay you this very discreet amount of money for that service. That doesn't need 14 pages of Latin. Right. And I personally, when I draft contracts, kind of like to match the tone and tenor of my client's business mm-hmm. and who their their other person is. So, you know, whenever I work with a, a business that is a, a creative, I kind of really slide out of the super legalese and really go into conversational writing. Yep. That's not going to work for everybody because also a contract is a little bit of your public face. Like it's, you know, if you're negotiating with another professional corporation, you don't want slang and, and conjunctions and don'ts and won'ts. Right. But, um, you know, if you're working with creatives, if it's easier to the palette to read and understand, then, you know. So that you don't. The point of that is, it doesn't have to be, you know, all these like race ipsa and you know, like they don't have to be in there. What you do need in any contract is clearly identify the parties, clearly identify what that bargained-for exchange was, whether it was services in exchange for services, services in exchange for money. Goods in exchange for services, goods in exchange for money. You can even exchange promises in a contract. It just has to be clear. What is party A giving up and what is party B giving up? Mm -hmm. And then you want to be clear on price, delivery, How long is this contract gonna last? Is this a one-off, we're doing this once, we're in, we're out, we're done? Is it a recurring every month we're gonna do this? Is this, this is gonna last for a year and then we're gonna say it ends? Or is it, this is gonna last for a year and if everything's going good, it's just gonna automatically renew for another year. And if everything's good, it's just, you know, so you wanna be clear about term. If there is no finite end to the term, then you need to have a clear method of cancellation. And termination. Do we have to have notice if we're going to cancel? Is it thirty days notice? Does it have to be written? Is an email okay? You want to be clear on those things. Yep. Basically, the contract wants to anticipate an issue and provide the solution mm-hmm. before it happens. Because once you're in a relationship, everything's going great. You're never going to look at that contract again. You're going to go back and look at it when things aren't great, and it is super hard to solve a problem or a conflict. In the middle of a dispute when emotions and rationality are not what they are at the beginning. Right. So anticipate, okay, what if this happens? What do we want to do? That should be in your contract. That is the point of the contract is to be clear about everybody's roles and obligations and then anticipate, okay, if there's a problem, how are we going to handle it? Because it's easier to be in good terms and say, all right, if I want out, this is what I have to do. All right. If you forget to do your job, this is the penalty. Yeah. When you're already in a conflict, it's super hard to come to an agreement on that. So that's that's it. That's what contracts are for. They're actually proactive documents. They anticipate issues. They provide a solution in advance. And they set clear boundaries, clear expectations. So it provides clarity. And if you're clear on things, it's so much easier to just move forward and get to the business of doing whatever it is you're going to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can say our contract has gotten shorter and shorter and shorter as time goes on. Cause it's like, let's just keep it simple. Stupid. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's always like, you know, the last couple of sections in, are going to be like to the layperson, oh, what is, What is this? What is it? What is a, yeah. what is a waiver? What is a warranty? What, is, you know, what is a venue? Those last couple of clauses are sort of the what ifs that hopefully never happen. But it's like, if we get into a disagreement, where do we have to take this lawsuit? What laws are going to apply? Mm. If I let you get away with something once, does that mean now I have to always let you get away with it? Or Mm -hmm. am I allowed to say, all right, that was one time, but you can't do it again. So that's kind of like the unavoidable legalese that kind of comes at the end. I kind of like call it the above the line, below the line. So that's everything. But that's the everything my lawyer made me put this in below the yep. line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The above the line is completely negotiable and up to you how complex or simple you want it to be. And as long as it's legal, it's enforceable. That's good.
1: It is good. I always have questions, always on contracts and stuff because I, you know, you don't know, and that's not. That's not our expertise, right? So I need my no. primary uh, need
0: primary care attorney. And nobody wants to be a hard ass when it comes to contracts either. But it's a protection.
2: But and that's the thing is, I think that everybody's like, "Oh, this contract's going to be adversarial." But think about it. Unless you're in a partnership with a business where you're in completely equal parity, when have you actually ever negotiated a contract? Right there's no adversarial anything. Like if I'm a vendor, this is what I do. These are my terms, take it or leave it.
1: Right. Sign. Or don't. Oh, don't.
2: Right. Yep. There's no, there is no adversarial anything, right? Like it is what it is. So, you know, unless you're at completely equal bargaining power, where you're working out like a real, like we're going to do this for that. Mergers again, mergers, Right. right? if you're just paying for a service or you're paying for goods, like it is what it is. Yeah. So what's important is, a, and the, you know, and this is more of in a consumer situation, B2B, there is more negotiation, right? But in a consumer situation, like you take it or leave it, right? If I go buy a car, other than like haggling over the price, like the other seven pages of that agreement are take it or leave it. So the yeah. important part is just read it and understand it and don't sign anything you don't understand. In terms of a business owner, yes, there's still going to be negotiation. But again, it's going to be on those super clear terms. There's nothing adversarial about that.
1: No, it covers everybody. It protects everybody.
2: everybody. You know that you want this delivered. You know, the other party knows they are capable of doing it in 30 days. It's really, it's not adversarial the way everybody thinks it is. Yeah. Why do you think everybody feels that way? Because contracts come up when it's a lawsuit, right? And that's when it's adversarial. But you're not negotiating at that point. Right. It's this is my agreement. That's done. That was already like, that's done. (laughs) Everything in law, I think, circles around like, you know, what they see on TV. So it's the lawsuits and the trials. And there's no show about like negotiations (laughs) and boardrooms. Like, who's going to watch that? (laughs) Right.
0: Good point. Yeah. Uh, So so it's like, I don't know scarcity almost.
2: The, like, the adversarial part is that titillating, exciting part, but it's such a small part of the law. Yeah, it really, really is. Yeah, that's Some true. Part of it is about prevention and anticipation.
1: Again, that's why you go to a primary care physician for preventative care, which right. is why we go to
2: our preventative
0: attorney, right?
1: Yes, primary care attorney. Yeah.
2: So say I don't put out fires for my clients you know stuff comes up that we didn't see coming or you know it happens but with the right preparation and and the right contracts and you know the right policies in place like we can prevent or at least mitigate and really like diffuse those situations before they happen yeah saves you so much time and money and stress and energy yeah. Especially when Mercury is in retrograde.
0: You do not Mercury. Look Mercury. Guys, I did a little research for you because I know that this is something that neither of you understand. I don't clearly understand it that much, but it's just all about mix-ups, timing, communication, travel, tech and more.
1: This is Mercury being in retrograde?
0: Yes, yes. It sounds um,
2: like a contract, to be it honest. Does. It's very <laughs> adversarial. It was I was yes. like, oh, what is this?
0: Yeah. So if it feels like your thoughts are jumbled, your words are coming out wrong, and you have more unread emails than you can count, you can totally blame it on Mercury retrograde. And well, that
2: is... The entire legal profession, it seems.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. Yes. Mercury ever not in retrograde? Because yes. I feel For like... Me, apparently not, because... Yeah
2: described as my everyday.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We both belong to various online networking groups. And are you going to poke the bear right now? No, 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 no. I'm not poking. No, no poking. I just like when you announced in the no legal, I was like, I feel like there was a sigh of relief around Facebook groups because this is so needed. What you guys do, Mm -hmm. what you ladies do? (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about in the no legal how you guys were like,
2: yeah, we got to do this. What's happening? Are you guys singing? Oh, I just went Beyonce for a moment. I don't know what happened. Oh, the single ladies. Oh, yeah, I did the hands. This this isn't like for video later. (laughs) You never know. Hey, you never know what's going to happen. On top of how stunning I look, I did <laughs> the hand thing.
1: <laughs> so yeah, tell us what was the catalyst of in the no legal. I don't want to poke the bear, but like in how I, that I thought you were going on.
2: somewhere else with the Facebook group thing. No, oh, no,
1: nay, I nay. Thought
2: you we're going with the armchair lawyers and everybody giving legal advice. Well, that that sort of yeah, because it's not that constantly. Trying to fight back the tide of Google Law School, but right. you won't go there because that's we'd need another two episodes. This is a series, we'll ladies back, and gentlemen. I'll be back. I'll be back, ladies. I'll be back with my hatchet. Like oh one of the things about the law is that it's pretty static. It's it's a it's a slow moving ice trawler. Iceberg like an iceberg. It's just a, sl- it's a slow moving ship. When I started practicing in the 1800s, this wouldn't have even been possible, right? Like, it, like the technology didn't exist, right? The law is very slow to embrace technology, both in legislation, you see how slow they are and how confused they are about things, you know, Facebook hearings, and you know, they don't yeah. even How any of it works um but they're gonna write legislation about it and then just the law itself it doesn't and in purposefully so if the law changed like this and like this and like this and like this like how would society function right you can't you can't do that Ruth Bader Ginsburg who is my my one I wish she was my Grammy she is my icon my Mm -hmm. you know she's she's wanted to change, you know, equal rights for everyone, not just women. And she knew that it had to happen in, in baby steps. And that's, that's how law in general moves is in baby steps. Um, but that also means that the practice of law running of a law firm moves in very small baby steps. Business does not. Nice. right? Business moves at light speed, things like a pandemic happen and like, you know, everybody has their word. What's your word for 2020? And, you know, my words, you know, strength or my, no, everybody's word was pivot. And yeah. We've banned that. They say whatever they thought it was, <laughs> but you do pivot, right? Yep. You had to pivot and it wasn't a, like, let's think about this for six months. Like you had about 18 hours to figure out how you were going to run your business or you were like up the Creek. Right. So online, everything has been coming Mm -hmm. right for a long time. And it's sort of been on this, you know, not, not a nice, slow, steady curve, but a pretty steep, like we're moving up. Right. Well, the pandemic turned it practically Mm vertical, Right. And law has to be there. That's where the customers are. That's where we have to be. We have to meet our customers where they are. Right. So I had coincidentally, maybe not coincidentally attended a seminar for attorneys about ditching the billable hour and figuring out how to run a law firm, a new and better and different and more efficient and more modern way. And, you know, there's lots of things like I incorporate and I've already been doing, like I work completely on flat feet. I don't bill hourly. I don't track my time. Clients don't want an e- a bill at the end of the month. That's like five minute email six minute phone call. Yep, They don't want to see that. Who wants to feel like they're that nickel and dimed, right? So everything I do is flat fee. So you call me once, you call me 12 times, it doesn't change your cost. A lot of attorneys offer subscription where you're just paying me a flat fee every month and I'm doing Mm -hmm. all the work you need. And some months you need a lot of work and some months you don't need any work, but it all kind of washes at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. It takes your billing predictable right you your your personal home budget you know you're paying 15 bucks a month for netflix you know you're paying you know 100 dollars a month for gas you know you're paying 100 dollars a month for your phone whether you use your phone a lot or a little you know how much you're paying and you just budget and it is what it is right so that's a, a whole way that someone can run a law practice now so one of the things that is is really up and coming is the concept of templates yep because there are areas of the law where DIY is okay. It really is. And a lawyer that tells you that it's not is lying.
0: In the dark ages.
2: No, they just are protecting their their financial interest, right? Because if you're in the mindset that this is something that's gonna put you out of business, this is scary. You don't want other attorneys doing this. This is, having online templates is never going to eliminate an attorney. We're not not costing any attorney their job because we're reaching a segment of the market that you were never going to serve in the first place, right? Because lawyers are expensive. Mm -hmm. We cost a lot of money. So there are people that have no access to what we do, even though they need it. So doing this, the templates... I work from a template for every single client that I have. And any attorney that tells you that they don't do that is full of bullshit. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I am not writing a brand new contact, contract from scratch for every client that calls me. If you, say you need a client service agreement, I already have the skeletal bones. And then I'm customizing it based on your needs and what your business is and what your policies are. But I'm working from that base product. hmm Why can't I just sell somebody that base product and give them simple instructions on how to customize it for themselves? I put all the legal bits in. You're just going to put the other stuff in. Right. You don't need me to do that. Right. But that's where the legal template concept comes from. And it makes legal accessible to people who need it, but could maybe not otherwise afford it. And I got to be honest legal is one of those things that when you're in a new business, You're hemorrhaging money, right? Like it's just in the beginning, it's just going one way and it's not the right way. So you're like, "Mm, I got to make a budget. What am I going to cut? Legal is at the top of people's list to cut off the budget because it's a very blind item. You hire someone to build a website. You see what you get at the end, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, you can see the functionality. You can see that it hosts blogs and it processes payments and how complex it is. You come to me and say, I need a contract. And then a week later, I hand it to you. You're like, what did she even do? Like, it's a piece of paper, right? It's a blind item. You didn't see the three years I spent in school. You didn't see the time I spent coming up with the base. You didn't see the 14 hours that I spent creating this template to work from moving forward. You didn't see the two hours I spent filling your stuff in. You just are like, oh, she just emailed it to me and that's it. Why would I pay you too- <laughs> for that? Right. So it's super easy to be like, mm, I don't need it. And then there's the whole like, I could just go on Google and find a sample and use that and it's free. And you it's poked a- your own bear. You did poke your own bear. Terrible idea. Right. Cause you don't yeah. know where that came from. Right. Right. Invalid. But, but you, you know, if you're like, ah, something's better than nothing and this didn't cost me anything. Right. So people use it. So that's why legal templates online is really important because we're meeting clients, real true clients where they are, which is online Mm -hmm. at their budget, which might be nominal, but they can still get good legal documents. They can be protected. They can have something in their business that's going to work for their business. And it's just a way that we can reach a wider audience. I can only work with clients in Massachusetts, but on online legal templates can be anywhere. Yeah right? Anywhere in the US. And so, you know, women business owners often are turning what used to be a hobby into a business. Mm -hmm. They're reluctant or maybe just not able to invest cash into it sometimes because they're not really taking themselves seriously. We're trying to eliminate all these barriers, right? Time isn't a barrier now because you can go online whenever you want. Money's not a barrier now because we're not charging... Thousands of dollars. There's nothing on my website that's a thousand dollars. Nothing. Not even a full blown massive package.
0: Let me ask you a question. Like, I know, so you say, like, you can practice law in Massachusetts. Like, are all of these contracts universal across all state lines?
2: So, the way we drafted them was we tried to comply with the strictest hmm. scenarios.
0: Ah, okay.
2: And then our recommendation is because we are not your attorney in this situation. Right. We are yeah. not your attorney that it's like we make that very clear is that fill it out, run it by an attorney in your state. Even though, yeah, you'll have to pay that attorney maybe you know for a half hour, an hour of their time, it's still gonna be way less expensive than if you had gone to an attorney in your state and hired them to write the whole thing. Yep. Right? Yeah. Right. So it's still a budget conscious way. To get your your stuff done and done right
1: right so i know people will have this question i can go on there as sally smith or even as kelly murphy
2: i don't yeah Why are we, are we, <laughs> protection? we're all the way back to witness protection again back to, Kelly's hey, i back PTSD protection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: i need he doesn't like anyone protection. to know her business yeah <laughs> sally smith so i can like yeah. sally smith can go never ever have to speak to a lawyer per se I can just go,
2: I need X.
1: Oh, in the no legal has it. I can go on
2: at three o'clock in the morning. Boom. Yep. So right now we on the website we have personal legal documents. So that's estate planning. So wills and trusts. Sorry, will last will and testament. And then we have like powers of attorney, healthcare proxies, and those are universal generally what differs state to state in terms of wills and things like that is how you have to have them um, authenticated so like what the signing process is yep and then we have those for single people with no children single people with children and married couples with children um Um, you realize that we've left out married no kids but that's um a little bit of a unique situation in terms of the state planning. So we are working and building that and that will go up eventually. And then on the business side right now, we're entirely focused. All of our contracts are tailored specifically to coaches. So health coaches, nutrition, wellness, business coaches, life coaches, um, finance coaches. You know, it doesn't matter what you're coaching on, just that you're a coach. And we tailored all of the contracts to their specific needs, what a coach would need in their professional business. We built individual templates. So if you really just need a client service agreement, you can go on, you can get that, download it. It comes with instructional videos and written instructions. So if you're a visual or an auditory learner and you need to read, you need to just watch and listen, we got you covered. We explain what the contract says and does Mm -hmm. plainly so that you know what you have. So that if you have a client pushback or question that you have the confidence to say, no, this is what this means. This is why it's here. We then say, okay, here's all the information you need to gather in order to fill this out. So just like a recipe, go get your ingredients. We don't want you to sit down, open it up and then have to jump up and get this and then jump up in that and look online and find this. We give you the list. This is everything you need. Get this together first. And we were even conscientious that we put the list in the order that information is going to appear in the document. So oh. you literally just follow the list and have it ready. It is truly plug and play. That's, fair. That's the awesome. The next set of instructions is, is take that piece of information, put it here. Read this sentence, pick which one applies. You know, they'll be like, you have choice A or choice B. Pick which one applies to your business. We take you all the way through. You fill it in, you make your edits. We color coded every area that you edit. So you are not even have to find it. Like it's blue or it's purple. That's it. Like, don't touch the black text. We did everything right there. <laughs> let alone, You're playing with the purple and the blue. And People then, need to know that that they can't. Don't touch the black. Text. I mean, if they can. I'm not, I'm nobody's. I, well, I am somebody's mom. I'm two people's mom, but I'm nobody else's mom. So right. you know, you do you. But I'm just saying, and if you change the black, you're fucking it all up. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's on you. Um, and then the last thing we do is we tell you, okay, awesome job. You filled it out. If you follow the instructions, it's right. We promise. And then we don't just like pat you on the butt and send you out the door. We say, okay, now take this super duper awesome contract that you just did and do these things with it. Because that's one thing that I can tell you right now, people go to the big behemoth legal template online that we're not going to name them. Mm -hmm. They don't tell you what what you just created and they don't tell you what to do with it. They assume you already know.
0: And we know what happens when you assume.
2: make mistakes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a super comprehensive mini course with each template. And if, that, if that's just one template. So if you buy a package and there's four templates in there, we've done that for all four. And and with the packages we usually throw in a little extra satin so that you know Ooh. I mean this website is phenomenal. You're it's, like it's a beast. It's yeah a, it's a bit of a beast. Education is super important to us. Absolutely. We built the site so that even if you come there and you never buy a single thing that you can leave with something Stop. of value that you can put into play for your business. We have checklists on things that you should look for in your business. We have videos that explain commonly found legal terms and contracts. That was me. I did that was my video for Um, and then we actually have an ebook coming out, Ooh. and that's going to be free. And it's it's a very comprehensive, like the three things that you really need for your business: your entity, your contracts, and then your personal legal protection. Sort of taking you step by step through. Uh, and I put in there in, in the chapter that I wrote about things you need to have in your contract and what contracts, and then I triaged it. Cause that's how primary care attorneys work. We triage. Yeah. I'm like, look, if you're only going to do one thing, this is the one thing. Yeah. And if you're going to do two things, then these are the two things. But if you're going all in, then these are the five things I want you to do. What's
1: going on, on over there, Melissa?
0: I, I was it. waving my towel for Lisa. I
2: feel like that was like a strict tease. Like what's going on? <laughs> you really need to go a video.
1: <laughs> right. We were just talking about that today. Some changes might be coming. Mm-hmm. not today though. We not already- today. If we were to go
0: like, take these videos online, they're fun. And if people don't like us how we are,
2: then poo poo. Poo poo to them. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm really, I, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm really proud of what we've put out there. I yes, you should. should be. It's we're amazing. Excited to expand on what we've done because coaches aren't the end all and be all to what we're doing. You know, we know there are uh, lots of other industries where Women are highly concentrated where they're flocking right now. All the corporate refugees, the, all the women that lost the job, their jobs during the pandemic. You know, we know where you are. We see you and, and we're coming. We we got you covered. It's just, it's the back end for us is a lot of work. So of it's,
0: course, yeah, it
2: takes some time to get stuff up there. But um, we each have a business coach and we know how important they are and how much they've helped us and made what we do possible. So we... Sort of felt like as a no brainer. Like that's, yeah, that's who we wanted to serve first.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because you know, and and we both have a business coach too, but we're also in a program to up level our business. And one of the things that in the program that she talks about is that you know if your clients don't have a business coach, then you need to, you know, tell them that they need one. Yeah. So business coaches, they're important. Are very important if you're an entrepreneur.
2: They really are. They really are. And, you know, I have found that business coaches can sometimes be slightly hypocritical. Indeed. Especially when it comes to legal. Mm -hmm. And they know and they will tell their clients, you need contracts, but then they themselves don't actually have any contracts. Again, the paste and the scotch tape and... You know, because they're good at the front end and not so good at the back end. Yeah. Yeah. Angle is very much a a back end item. Um, And it's scary. Yep. And it's confusing. And so, you know, we want to demystify it. And, you know, we want this to be a tool for coaches that not only do they become comfortable and start using the right things in their practice, but that they become so comfortable with it that they can now comfortably tell their clients, you need a contract.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: need a, a a media release. I'm not expecting co- you know coaches to become lawyers and give legal advice, but they should. I think any business coach who isn't at least bringing it up is leaving a stone unturned for their client.
1: You yeah.
0: Agreed, absolutely. Well, that's when the student becomes the master and says, "You're missing something." Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that was going to be my next question. And I. I don't think we, I knew you knew I was going to throw this at you, but I think you can answer it because you talk about it on your website. What I know there's people listening to this that are like, I don't, I, I, these are things I didn't even think of. So what would you say is the most important piece of legal document that a business owner should start with? Like when you say this is triage, what would be your go-to start with this,
2: please. I, I really want people to put a legal entity in place because it creates that legal separation between your personal assets and the debts and obligations of your business. But I understand that for some people, especially when they're running as a sole proprietor and they're running something where it's a very personal service, that there is that hesitancy because it's a very low risk situation or they're not gonna derive a tax benefit. So I I know that sometimes trying to convince people to do this can be a bit of an uphill battle. So I sort of concede the ground on that If the world were going my way, that's the first thing you do. But I understand for business owners, sometimes that's just like, you know, no, it's not happening. So really, if you are a service based business and you're only going to do one thing, get your client service agreement in place. Yeah.
0: So let me ask you this like if you if you are a service based entrepreneur, say like, I'm just gonna throw this out there, like a chiropractor, for example, you know what I mean? Like, and you're a sole proprietor.
2: So that's actually a little different because now you're traveling in medicine and there's malpractice liability and there are things like that. So they need, for them, that's not a good answer. They need a lot of things in place. Yeah, so not a a sole proprietor? So no, they should not be a sole proprietor. No, if you're in medicine, you absolutely should not be a sole proprietor. You need to be a professional limited liability company or a professional corporation, but for another type of service base. So a bookkeeper or a coach oh, or a PA, okay. yeah. or even a landscaper, honestly.
1: Yeah. Melissa went straight to the president. She's exactly. like, let me- like,
2: If You're president of the United States. if <laughs> You're
1: a neurosurgeon. You need a contract.
2: <laughs>
0: well, because I'm thinking like anything that you do in your personal life and anything you do in your business life, you're protecting yourself on both sides. Like yep. you're protecting your business from your personal- th- foibles and you're protecting your yes. personal stuff when you make a business mistake yeah
2: so but truly if you're really only going to do one thing and like I'm begging you to not do one thing but you're you're I'm oh, don't tell me what to do right that happens a There's lot a client service agreement in place yeah. now if you're a product-based business you're selling hats and widgets and you know ski poles hmm. ski poles I mean go to my <laughs> store
0: <laughs> I love it I, I it was <laughs> If
2: you're, you know, whatever. I'm like, turn that thing, things that Damn Mercury the, the, the hat widgets. <laughs> it's a little bit different. A product based business where you're literally just selling goods and there's no service attached to it. You know, you're going to Target, you don't sign an agreement every time True. you walk out the cashier. It's a little bit different for that. For a product base, you really probably do need an LLC because you. Immediately are subject to product liability laws, mm. right? So if I break my tooth on that ski pole, <laughs> ouch! on for no discernible reason, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to sue you for my broken tooth, right? That's that's so, you know. And then if you're going to non legal action, get a business spanking account. I thought you said
1: spanking. I was like
2: <laughs> business spanking. <laughs> Business banking account, yep. Um, get a business banking account. Keep your business funds and your personal funds separate. And even if you're sole proprietor, do that. It's just good practice. For a sole proprietor, it doesn't create any legal protection, but it's just good practice.
0: Yes. yeah.
2: And... For anyone who is an entity, it helps validate and support that legal liability protection. If you're mixing your money, you're sort of telling the world, "Mm, I'm not really a business, I'm still just a person doing something. Yeah. And you can undermine the whole point of having that LLC. Right. And then no matter what you're doing, get insurance. Mm -hmm. A simple general errors and omission policy doesn't should not and does not cost a whole lot and it's you know gonna protect you if you have a physical location that's when you would need to add in general liability Mm -hmm. um, because that's like the slip and falls and things like that and then you know depending on what you do there are different you know umbrella policies or riders that you can add on insurance is well outside my lane but you know that's the three things is get your entity get your contracts get your insurance Mm -hmm. That's like the trifecta of setting up a a well-protected business.
1: Uh, This is a heavy uh, episode. It is. In good, like, information, like, packed. I feel like we really, when we said
0: you'll need to come back, I really feel like you'll need to come back
2: yeah well, I think you know you you should have Erin at some point so she can really expand yeah. on the 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 personal side yep. and how it, it it supplements and supports the legal protection because if you're not protecting yourself and you are your business, then you're really not you could do everything with me you need to do and you still haven't really protected your business right you haven't protected yourself.
0: What is Tanya's area of expertise?
2: Tanya is a business attorney as well. So, but I, it's, you know, our website is business heavy. So that's, you know, where Tanya and I kind of share the load on that one. Um, And she obviously brings it a very different perspective um, than I do. She has an immense amount of experience. She's been practicing for a little bit longer than Aaron and I. And she's also a professor at a law school. Hmm. Yes, it really contributes to the educational component of our mission that's of awesome. our website of our product. That's so really where
1: great. I could literally, I really could talk to you. All. i it's yeah, we're gonna break the internet, I think. And the sun yeah. is going down. So and
2: you, and you know how much I hate to talk. I,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like pulling teeth, jeez. But you know your stuff, and that's. I think this is gonna be a very valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so, so where can people find you and where can people let's talk about both firms. So where can people find you on both sides of the coin?
2: So if you're a Massachusetts business or person who is looking for a business attorney or an estate planning attorney, and you want that one-on-one attorney experience, Erin and I are at Nobles and Sigmund. So it's www.noblesandsigman.com all spelt out. If you are a DIYer and you're a coach, because they're the only people we're really helping right now. And you want to check out the templates. It's www.inthenowlegal.com and it's no K N O W. So in the no, tap on that. Not the no, not the no, no. In the, the knowledge. No. In the no legal.com and um, we are putting up very soon about Wednesday of next week um, a um, free ebook Sweet. and anyone wants it they just go on to the website so it's a little secret hidden page for podcast listeners only yes um, and so it would be in the no legal.com backslash media. M E D I A, and it's a free it. book. There's no obligation other than we're going to ask that you sign up for our newsletter. And why would you not want to? Right, exactly. You can get boatloads be- of email from me.
1: Right, you're learning. Your automations galore. <laughs> Watch out, world! Yeah, the ebook is awesome. We'll definitely put the uh, the links in the show notes so people will know how to spell everything and not have. You know, not be like, what was that hidden page that Lisa um, from yeah. the 1800s was telling me about? I've come mm-hmm. a long
2: way. From- you have. You look really good for I'm your good age. age. I don't even know. I'm not a history person. Uh,
1: you were the Ski d- poles. Generation. Those X- were invented in the 1800s. I
2: believe. Yeah.
1: yeah. Generation
2: B. Yeah. <laughs> a gen- yeah what, came, what came before the greatest generation? The Adam and Eve generation? I don't even yeah, know. Something like, like that. It was just. I think they didn't have the name. It, there was just one yeah. giant. Yeah, it was just the giant, generation. Long generation. The, <laughs> the BC the generation. People.
1: It's just the people. It was just people. It was people. <laughs> so thank you so much. And if you come into our Facebook group, I can tell you that Lisa is probably the most active in there. I mean, it's still a baby. Oh, great. The Facebook page is... Um, that
2: almost makes me feel bad for you guys. <laughs> you should.
1: You should. No, it's still a baby. No, it's, good. it's still Aww. a baby. We need more people in there, and you know we do tips and you know all sorts of things. So get in there. That's where the freebies go as well. It's the business managers podcast Facebook group. Cat butt right now. <laughs> cat butt. You never know what's well, going to happen. But thank you, Lisa. Well,
2: for thanks coming. for having me because I, you know, I I never get to talk about what I do or. You know, come out of my shell. So this was, I know. This was good practice. This is amazing. Know. Yeah, I think I I can go back out in public now. You know. Yeah. <laughs> s- swim in your glass filled pool. Yes, my glass filled cut foot pool. No, the sand will fix that.
0: Yeah, will be no injuries this year. I did have another question I wanted to ask, but it's a it quick. could be another injury. It
1: just won't be glass this time. <laughs> right. Sand burns. Yes. Wait, are you the only attorney in your family? Like.
2: Yes, I was the um, first person in my family on both sides to even go to college. Good for you. I love how your m- mother, like, she just thought big for you. She's yeah, like, well, I want you to be a litigator. Yeah. Eh. With her not cigarette, because she was never a smoker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My, my impression of my mother needs some work. That's all right. I By the time we, we go on video, I'm, video. Not a, I'm not an impressionist in the least. It's okay. Oh,
0: you're. She's
2: she's from Massachusetts. She's from Saugus. We don't talk like that from Saugus. That's Revere. I don't know. Well, a little bit of a a carryover,
0: right? I mean, my mother talks like that when I, you know, give an impression of her too. She kind of does talk like that, but. If she heard me give an impression of her like that, she'd be like, why are you
2: doing that? No, I probably don't even need to change my voice because honestly, when I'm <laughs> yelling at my kids, it's literally, I, I sound exactly like my mother. So my impression of my mother is, hi, I'm Lisa's mother. Like, this is what she sounds
1: <laughs> like. <laughs> I am
2: Lisa's mother. Yeah.
1: But
0: no, my
2: I from Monsters, Inc., right? Yeah. Does I don't know. Sounds?
1: Yeah.
0: I, I don't
2: know where, I, I don't know why. It's I... all right. Sorry, and, and when... And when my mother yells, I don't know if my mother even knows how to get on podcasts, but Ooh. I'm gonna listen to this one. So I'm be like,
0: what the hell? Yeah. You she won't, didn't. she'll never know. It'll be a secret.
2: Yeah, I don't she think
0: she to no. uh, she's, right, a, well, she's a target audience. No. All right. Well she's a nice lady. She's a nice lady. She's a nice
2: lady.
1: Thank you so much. And <laughs> thank you guys. And you know, we we will we're gonna reach out to Erin because I think that's important. And it is um, for sure. You know, and then we'll bring Tanya on and then we'll get the
2: whole gang together. Oh, and it will just three be of us on. Forget it. It's a two hour podcast. I'm just going to hit like record it. and walk away. I, yeah, like it's just mayhem. It's insanity because I'll tell you this, Erin says this all the time and she's not even remotely wrong. Women lawyers are used to being the, by necessity, being the loudest person in the room. Yep. Like yep. That. In, in our industry, in our field, that's how we have to make our way, right? So you get three of us. <laughs> forget it. I look forward to it. Yep, I'm ready. I'll yep. do some
1: calisthenics but. to get ready.
2: No, 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 but No, 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 right. but No, no, no. Well,
0: a special anniversary episode. So Bonus I have to episode. Say,
2: ladies, I, you know, we've been doing the we've been doing the uh, PR circuit. You know, kind of whoring ourselves out to different outlets and this by far has been the most fun podcast you know we're still recording
1: right you know we're still recording
2: yeah this has
1: you say that to all the podcasts. thank you
2: no No, only to the fristers
1: we try to keep it light over here you you know know. yeah don't take ourselves too seriously but thank you our
2: guests just showed up i'm hearing a lot of mayhem upstairs <laughs> oh geez well go because we did keep you off long um no and feel free to edit out any of my nonsense I'm-
1: nothing gets edited man it's it's all real so thank you so much everybody yes, for tuning thanks. in check us out at mergio follow us on facebook instagram everywhere and we'll see you next week tell your friends Good bye Did you enjoy today's episode? If you did, help us grow with a follow, rate, and review. Check us out online at mergioenterprises.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Mergio Enterprises. See you next week and tell your friends.